praise the Lord. Alright. We thank God for tonight. For the privilege of gathering in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I we're going to have a look at something that we have been asked by the Lord to do it. Go into all the world and make disciples. Praise the Lord. And you will observe that as much as we have a clear instructions from the Lord, it will be good for each one of us to settle on this matter as it is becoming uncommon even to do it because it's an instruction from the Lord let us forget about the way we have known it to be and adopt the things that God will show us tonight Amen because he is the one who instructed that we go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. So he must have a way in his word for us to follow. Don't you think so? And that's exactly what we are going to do tonight. Father, we thank you so much for the gathering of us all tonight. And thank you for the privilege of having to study at your feet concerning your own instructions that you left us before you left. Just last Sunday we heard about it. And it's so clear to us that we ought to follow what you instructed us upon. And so tonight... As we come to look into this issue of discipleship making, you would help us and give us a clear understanding together with the Spirit of the Lord that each one of us will live to fulfill this mission given unto us. This is what we ask for. Therefore, I ask for offerings. I ask for understanding. For myself and my brethren, that even if we are set in a certain way and we are so accustomed to that, help us to be able to get on the path that you have created in your word for us. This is what we ask for in Jesus' name and everyone said. Brethren, let me quickly say that God's method of making his men has not changed. Praise the Lord. God's method of making his men has not changed. And it will not change today. It will not change tomorrow. It will not change until Jesus comes. And so the subject of how do I make a disciple for the Lord? Or in other words, how do I make a disciple? Yeah. How do I make a disciple for the Lord? You heard me. Every one of us, pastor, church member, apostle, prophet, teacher, Christian, go into all the world and make disciples. And so, this is a mandate given to every one of us. And so I want to ask that you open your heart and look at this matter carefully. Amen. I observe that discipleship making or making a disciple was something that was happening even in the Old Testament. When God even had somebody in mind, to do something for him in the future. God would design it in such a way that there will be somebody, at least, apart from what God will put into that man, there would be another human being 
to instruct and to help the person. Praise the Lord. That is what is called discipleship. So how do I do it? So if somebody gets born again, and the person does not get anybody to be interested in his life, and to disciple him, he is going to be a casualty. That is the reason why the church of Jesus Christ is what it is today. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let's be honest tonight. Are you very, very happy with the state of the church of Jesus Christ? No, I won't. I mean, are you very happy with with our state? The reason is because the people who need to sit on the lives of the individuals have turned them to the church. So if the church is not conscious of raising the people, what we are going to be having is that it's just a Sunday, he hears some little sermon, and the other day he hears something, and then in secret he's living his own life. There is no man there to help that individual to say, Brother, we don't do it like that. This is the reason why now we are saying we are going back to church in the home. So growth will start from church in the home. Hallelujah. Are you with me tonight? Let me tell you something. God has opened my eyes to a lot of things concerning the subject. And so I am very passionate about it. As much as it's not the common language of the church of Jesus Christ in our time. May it become your common language. Can I ask a simple question? In Matthew chapter 28, the last thing that he said to us before he left. Did he say go and build churches? You are not minding me at all. Aaron, did he say we should go and build churches? He said we should go and make disciples. So now the issue is, how do I make disciples? There are some that are doing it, bless the Lord. But let's have a very clear understanding. Thank God for the church. I am not saying this to downplay the church. No. But I am saying this that everybody must be discipled. Everybody must have somebody in his life who would inject spirituality, who will inject instructions. Amen. Is it clear so far? I will tell you something. That is of a very interesting... Oh, thank you very much for putting that. Maybe you can read that scripture. We'll get there very soon. But maybe we can read it together. One, two. Hallelujah. We will come there. But let's start something. In the book of Acts chapter 7. When, you know, it's one of the wonderful, beautiful sermons that have ever been preached by any man. And that is from our dear brother Stephen, whom you should look forward and I should look forward to meeting in heaven. Amen. Now we must talk like this because the days are quite close. And Jesus could come any time from now. Amen. Now, in the... In the verse 17, I will quickly read it. I wish this subject, we have, we have so much time. But I will do my best. The Bible said, But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God has sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Now, Stephen was reporting something that happened in Exodus chapter 2. It was a sermon that he was preaching in the book of Acts. Now, we could have read the whole place, but it would be a little, it would take much time. But I've chosen this portion. And so listen carefully and follow. But, sorry, let me quickly go back. I'll just read to But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God has sworn to Abraham, 
the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Till, king, uh, till another king arose and did not know Joseph. This man dealt treacherously with the people and oppressed our forefathers, making them expose their babies so that they might not leave. At this time, Moses was born and was well pleasing to God. Watch something. Take note of something. And when Moses was born right from the beginning, he was well pleasing to God. Hallelujah. Well pleasing to God. And he was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son. The story goes like this, before I go there. You know, Pharaoh has ordered that all the Egyptians, you know, we have read earlier on that the people of Israel in the land of Egypt were growing so mightily. And so Pharaoh one day said that these people, if we don't deal with them, what is going to happen is that they will outnumber us and very soon we will lose our land Egypt for foreigners. And to do that, the best people to tackle is the men. Because it's a woman that makes a woman pregnant. Alright? So let's deal with the men. And so what he said was that every child born by a woman from the land of Israel, if he gives birth to a daughter, no problem. If he gives birth to a son, kill him. And they slaughtered the Israelites in the land of Egypt. Now, Moses came pop out of the mother's womb. And immediately the woman saw that boy. The woman knew that this is a child of a promise. So the woman said, I cannot offer this my son to be killed. I will do something. I will, I will wave a basket and put this my child in. And trust that God will find a way to keep this child. Praise to be to our God. Brethren, let's fear God. Though. The wisdom of God is deep. Hallelujah. Now, this woman had a, a girl as her first one. And I can imagine a woman who has brought forth a, a son... And the order has gone forth that all sons should be killed. But immediately the boy came out. He could see godliness in this boy as we see. Pleasing to God. He said, I cannot do this. Let God do something. Put Moses into a basket. Put him on the river now. And Moses was going. But sent the senior daughter to say, go and watch to see. Because the, the place that he put Moses was the place that the king and their household go and swim. And so, as this river was carrying Moses in the basket, God had caused the heavens to turn around and Pharaoh's daughter, precious daughter, princess decided to feel hot and decided to go and swim in the river just at the time you know let me tell you a secret if you don't fear god in this house learn to fear god because it is not everything that you will understand but trust god and say i don't understand anyhow i will follow there are too many too known people in this house. Let's talk. The things we don't understand, let's leave it to God. I hope you don't feel insulted. Hallelujah. So now the Bible says, this woman now comes and just before she changes her cloth into swimming suit, sees something on the water. Stops change, chasing, uh, changing and begin to observe. And just at that time, the baby Moses cries. Nya, nya, nya! 
the woman said there's a baby inside. Goes closer to it. And saw a precious son. He said, my father has ordered for them to be killed, but I will not kill this one. He's too precious. God is alive. And takes the child. And then when he took the child, beautifully, the sister who was hiding comes from the bushes and said, you have a baby? He said, yes, I've gotten a baby. He said, I know of a Hebrew woman who has breast milk full on her chest. Can I go and call her to take care of this, your son, for you? He said, please, if you can do that, I will even go and pay this woman. Hey, we have a God. Then the boy's mother took care of this boy, Moses, and was paid for. Ah, can you shout a big hallelujah to God? Thank you, little boy. Blessed be God. The word of God is sweet. We are talking about how do I make disciples for God. But it is necessary that I give you the background. So now Moses has been carried. And from where we started reading from now, I can proceed. Because I wanted to give you a little background. And Moses now, Moses now had been taken into the house of Pharaoh. And now Moses has become Pharaoh's son, uh, Pharaoh's grandson, because the daughter took Moses, and they decided to change Moses inside out. You are no more Israeli, because you are, I mean, a three-month baby, if we go and bring somebody from the north, three months, if somebody doesn't make okro here to the boy, if I adopt a three-year boy, and begin to raise him. And somebody doesn't talk and say, Do you, you know, they took you from the north. Eh? How will the boy know? Amen and amen. The boy will not know anything. All he will know is that this is my father, this is my mother. But listen to something. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And was mighty in words and deeds. Yes, let's press on. 23. Now when it was 40 years, oh sorry, when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Take note of this. If it is your Bible, mark it properly. Hallelujah. Some beautiful things are coming up. Did you notice that nobody went and made okro to Moses that you are not from here? God himself made the okra. Amen. Because he wanted his plans to be fulfilled. L- listen to this statement. I love it. It came into his heart to go and visit his brethren. We must fear God. Oh. There was in the palace, there was no Israeli. The language this boy has been taught is what? Egypt. Yet the Holy Ghost, every morning will say, Moses, you are not Egyptian. You are not. No matter what they are teaching you, stay focused. Because you are from God's house. So when it came into his heart to visit his brethren and seeing one of them, he was on the way going to visit the people and they were in a place called Goshen. The Egyptians were here and they have put the Israelis on some desert place called Goshen. So no matter what, anytime they put you anywhere, God has a reason. So the Bible said, Moses, it came into his heart and he decided to go and visit his brethren. And on the way, 
seeing one of them suffered wrong, he defended him and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptians. Uh, the Egyptian. You know, the Egyptians were masters. So they were maltreating the people of Israel everywhere you went. So on the way as this brother was going, he saw that somebody was beating an Israeli. He looked to the left. He looked to the right. He is from the palace. And I know that everybody knew Moses as from Pharaoh's descent. But he knew inside him because the Holy Ghost had put in him that you are not like that. Hallelujah. So, let's see. For he supposed his... Now, you've jumped it. Go to 24 again. And seeing one of them suffered wrong, defended and avenged him, who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. Yes. But, oh sorry. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but did not understand. A quick question. The man lives in Paris. The man had been taught Egypt. Eat Egypt. Drink Egypt. Instructed in Egypt. How did he perceive that I am not? If we will turn our Christianity in this form, we are not of the world, but we are Christians. We shall be blessed. So he killed on behalf of the Israeli, the Egyptian. And the Bible said, supposedly, he taught his brothers would understand that there's somebody who has come from the palace who is helping us all see what happened. Next line, we'll read up to 29. The next day, he appeared to two of them as they were fighting tried to reconcile them, saying, Man, you are brethren. Why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Praise the Lord. Mark this 27. We'll come back quickly. Do you, do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Then at this saying, Moses fled and he became a dweller in the land of the Midian where he had two sons. Shout a big amen. Now put on the 27 for me. But who did his neighbor wrong, pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? This is where the matter is. Did you notice that when Jesus came on the scene, he said, I will make you fishers of men. Go into all the world and make disciples through of us. So that word there, that they spoke, there is a meaning to that word. The meaning is, as I, in my introduction, meant that as much as God had put the spirit of deliverance into Moses, Moses was not made yet to be used by God. Hallelujah. So, as much as it may mean sarcastic, who made you a judge over us? It was a prophetic word 
indicating that whether you have been given with the anointing of deliverance or not, you have not been made yet. So go and be made before you start your deliverance ministry. Hallelujah. Are you catching the revelation? So at this point, Moses now runs away and said, Oh my God, the people that I thought I was helping, I don't care. Let me go and live my normal life somewhere and save my own life and think about what I'm going to do. Maybe buy some land and farm and, 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 and make some sh- and, and, and raise some cattle and do some business, a big tycoon business. It was a normal thing as it happens to everybody. Because, you see, this spirit that God put in me to go and help the people, it appears they don't appreciate it. So I better find my way to go and do what is okay for my own life. And we have been living our own life for a long time now. But something happened. I wish we could turn to Exodus 2. And let me give you a background to something. It's a whole chapter. I think it's, the whole chapter is 25 verses. But there's a place I need to read because it's very, very important. Yeah, Exodus chapter 2, the whole chapter is 25 verses, but I would like to read from verse 15 because there's something in there that, as I was studying, it struck my spirit and it was very important to me. Is that verse 15? When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water. And they filled their troughs to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Riel, their father, his, uh, uh, their father said, How is it that you have come so soon today? I will explain that. And they said, An Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds, and he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. So he said to his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Read this portion for me. One, two. Hallelujah. One more time. Read this portion for me. One, two. This was a very interesting thing. I have read it over and over again, but today I saw a revelation. As I was explaining, Moses now had run away, gone to a place the land of the Midian. And it's always better to be at a place where people can come around. And he saw a well that they were fetching water from. So he went to stand by. And then when I standing there, he saw beautiful daughters coming to fetch water. Apparently, some guys would always come and trouble this girl. As we used to do. Kick the girls away. If they got there in the morning, by the time they took water and gave some to their flock, 
and fetch some for the house. Six, eight hours would have passed. The father was in the house because it has been happening for many years. This time the father just knew that my daughters have gone and they are not coming now. But all of a sudden, the girls show up. And the father said, how is it possible that you have come in so early today? They said, we met a gentle, handsome man. A man who is thinking about his own business to go and do. And this man, when the Fulanese were troubling us, this man took the challenge and bashed them. And then help our flock to get water. And then to also fetch and put it on our head. Papa, immediately the Spirit of the Lord stares the man sat and said, And you left him. Don't forget that you are seven daughters, so you need husbands. The workings of God are beautiful. Oh. So, they said, Ah! Okay, Papa, we will go back. They went back and they saw Moses. And said, Moses, our father wants to see you for the help that you gave us. Our father wants to show his appreciation. Brother Moses was so happy and said, oh my God, my hunger will be quenched today. My test will be quenched. Now Moses gets there and they feed him properly. And then, where are you going, young man? Well, if you have a place for me to sleep, I don't mind. I will be doing taking care of your flock for you, like the way I fetch water by the well, and I will help the girls whenever they are going to fetch water. I will just help and go with them and just put the pans on their head so that the fuller knees will not do anything. But let me tell you something that strikes my heart with this scripture. You see, let me tell you something. Satan knows that if somebody starts paying attention to your life, your life will change. And I'm talking about a Christian person. Are you listening? If somebody takes interest in you and begins to get you closer, Satan knows that there will be, there would be a fulfillment of the word of God which is called discipleship. So what Satan does, which is very common now, is that, I mean, not all Christians, I don't need anybody. That's why now people don't need, people are behaving as if they don't need anybody. But let me tell you something. Moses had an unction of deliverance. Haven't we read it? Yet Moses lacked the, the human part that will guide him into maturity. Are you listening to me? And God had to offer it. And so God designed it in such a way that Moses will fall into it. But why I ask you to take note of this is this. The first line, it was today that it strike my heart. He said, then Moses was content to live with a man. If you want to raise anybody and the person is not willing, forget about it. That's the matter I want to raise. Moses had to agree. Can you change this one into NLT? I think it says something like Moses accepted. Then Moses did what? In the good news, it tells me that Moses agreed. Brethren, when you are in the house, this church, and you see a spiritual person, and the spiritual person becomes interested in you, sharing with you, praying for you, and asking you about yourself, my brother, don't be too known to say that I don't want to, why, do, why does he want to come to my life? Moses had to accept the offer that was given to him. And when you read this whole story, you will come to discover that through it, he was discipled properly. 
and now got to the point that God himself saw that now this man has now has uh, this man has now received the side worship and so now he can be used for the work so one day Moses was in the bush and God came in fact even when God came and said that now we are going to start the business Moses said I'm not ready may the Lord locate you and may the Lord give you somebody who can inject that bit of it to your life. Praise the Lord. Church, are you listening to me? There are, there's a mass production. Everybody, only the pastor. Sunday morning, Wednesday night, and some few other days. We have to move out of that type of thing. And get one and one with people. Praise the Lord. I told you from the beginning. The method that God raises to raise his people. They haven't changed. So those of us who have people coming into your lives. That you try to push them away. May I tell you that Moses was content. May you also accept the people that God is sending your way. I know that he hasn't stopped it. He's still doing it. Sending people in people's way. So brethren, may I tell you that from today, please, if God directs somebody to connect to your life, accept the person. Hallelujah! Because if you don't, it will affect your own life. But you know, we don't look at these things seriously in our time. But this is what the body of Christ is lacking. Therefore, we are not. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Galatians chapter 4. I will read two verses. Just, just, just to buttress the point that I want to make. There is no doubt about your being born again. There is no doubt that you are a prince. There is no doubt that you are. Uh, uh, can you read that for me? Uh, Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Quickly. Okay. No, no, no. Do it in, uh, in my uh, NKJV. Okay, shall we go? One, two. Now I say that the hair, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is a master of all. But... Amen. Now let's all shout a big amen. Moses, as far as God's process of making his men was concerned, Moses, he was the heir of all power, but he has not been made properly. And the Bible said, you can be born a prince, princess. Do you, you, when your father dies, the throne is yours. But before they put you on the throne, then there's a need for maturity. And somebody must do that job for you. Amen. That is what discipleship is all about. So you see Galatians. You can be born again. So you see those of us. And let me be blunt and, 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 and loving. Those of us. Who try to shy away from people who genuinely come to you. Please don't do that. If possible, you ask the Lord, Lord, who are you sending my way to help me? Do you know that the great apostle Paul, when he got saved from Damascus and started talking about the Lord Jesus and his personal experience, because that is what he knew as the sermon. The Lord jammed him and he had to go around and quickly tell that this Jesus is true. Do you know that Barnabas came and taught him? Barnabas, the son of tender, he was hmm? son of encouragement, was there to help him. Let me tell you, brethren, the reason why in our church or our churches we are struggling is because there are no disciples. People have been left on their own. And now we are having a mass situation 
That is why now you hear certain reports and everybody is trying to say, how could that happen? It's fine to say, how could that happen? But who discipled him? Amen. How do I make disciples for the Lord? Moses, they asked him, now who made you? Don't come and throw your weight on us. You have to be made first. That's why I told you that in the Old Testament, God was still doing discipleship. Let me give you another example from the man called Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, I'll do a quick reading and I'll tell you something. This subject, I love it so much because since the day the Lord opened my eyes, I have seen that that is the lack in the body of Christ. 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. We know the story of how Samuel came into the world and all of that. Now, listen to this. Now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was real in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had grown, had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And there, sorry, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of the Lord was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here I am. That the Lord called someone and said, here I am. So he ran to Eli. Now listen to something. He ran to Eli. Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and lie down. Then the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. And Samuel did not yet listen to this. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Nor was the Lord, nor was the word of God yet revealed. Praise the Lord. You know about this man we are talking about? The Bible describes him a major prophet. But before he assumed his major prophetship, somebody has to contribute to his life. Hallelujah. Let's continue. And the Lord said, called Samuel again the third time. So he rose up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord called and that now the Lord came and stood and called us another time, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, Speak for your servant hears. Your disciple would always help you to make the next step. Praise your disciple will help you to make the next step. Hallelujah. This same man Jethro, I mean we have to cut it. He was the man who had to advise. That you can't continue to do what you are doing. He gave an advice how Moses needed to operate when he was judging the whole people. He said, you will be weary. Didn't God have mouth to talk to him? But somebody had to tell him, I pray that you'll be given with such a soft heart. That if God sends you somebody, you will receive the person. And be content with the person. And allow the person to help your life. 
Is it a good time to say amen? Yes, it's a good time to do that. And brethren, may I tell you, all through the Bible, as I study, I see that God has not changed this method. Praise the Lord. So Jesus, in his day, I can cite you a lot of examples. Did you know that there was a man by name Elijah? He got Elisha. The boy was so obedient, the man was so obedient to such an extent that the man thought that I have traveled from one city to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other, and I think this boy will be tired. Stay here, boy. He said, I'm not staying. You are my master. As long as God lives, I am going with you. When God gives you somebody, please cherish the person. Amen. Charismatics and Pentecostals, we don't have that kind of respect. We tend to just let it be loose. Me too, I have faith. You are not the only one who has faith. Hey, God, that is the way He makes His man. I pray for every one of you sitting here that God will open your eyes to find your disciple. Young ladies, Find some mothers. They will be a great help to your life. Young men, find some serious fathers. They will be a great blessing to your personal lives. Amen. Have you understood so far? Let me just say a few things. Take you to another dimension. That is very crucial to me. Now we can begin to go into the New Testament. And I'm concerned about the word make and made. And we are talking about how do I make a disciple for the Lord? It is not, you know, for, for the privilege of having to stand on a platform and to preach, have the masses. I have begun for almost four years now. I am worried about the number of people when I preach and they come forward. I'm not excited about it anymore like I used to. The reason is I begin to ask myself, who are those going to give the breast milk to these people to remain? So that is why in our missions now, we have added... um, pastors and, men, uh, 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 and, and leaders conference. We spend time to share with them so that they too will be able to take care of the flock that God has brought. Hallelujah! In Matthew chapter 4 verse 18 to 22. See how God worked on this matter. And please, thank God for all of you. I see you make a lot of notes. Please don't go and put it down. Go over them again in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now the Bible says, And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw, the two, saw two brothers, Simon and Peter, Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And listen to the famous statement. Then he said to them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You see, He says, I will make you, make. And we also know that in the Old Testament, it has already been said that who made you? You haven't been made yet. So that word they make is so important for every believer. I pray that you will be made. Amen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Continue the verse 20. And immediately they left and they followed him. When you have somebody... I mean, now we are living in the day and time when it is so very difficult because of the work and the busy schedule and everything. We are living in days and time when it is so very difficult. But I want to plead with you that please you must always make yourself available. Like the church in the home that we are starting, God may send you somebody there. Be interested, be committed, and and open up. Don't, don't try to close up. What does he want from me? See it as 
God using that channel to bless your life. Hallelujah. They left and they followed. In Matthew chapter 5, I want to show you something quickly. That verse 1 and 2. See something that happened. And see the attitude of somebody who wants to be discipled. The Bible says, And seeing the multitude, he went up on the mountain, and he was seated in his... Um, sorry. He was seated his... He, when he was seated... Sorry, sorry, sorry. When he was seated, his disciples did what? His disciples did what? But how many people were following him? See? The multitude were following the Lord because they needed some healing, they needed some deliverances, they needed food. But the disciples were following him because of what they wanted. And so seeing the multitude, he went to the mountaintop. He didn't forbid the people. But the disciples themselves did what? They went to him. So, to us, or for those of us who are disciples, and for those of us who need to be discipled, the day God connects your heart to somebody, don't take it for granted. You, you yourself go and say, where do you stay? Can I visit you? Don't, can I mop the floor for you? Today, those things are no more. Hallelujah. Can I, can I, you know, let me tell you. Many of you don't know. Reverend Macaulay, this old man, I came to meet some people who are in this church. It's good. And they are witnesses. The revelation that led me into coming into that church, I don't think I have mentioned it. I was fellowshipping at Assemblies of God. From Laboni, I would take Trotro and I would go to Adabraka. And then I was also a member of LCCF. Everybody has gone to school, and I was the senior amongst them to lead LCCF. And Reverend Macaulay had been invited to come and preach, and he loved us so much. And so he was receiving people from America, and he came and said, LCCF, can you bring your your choristers, to come and sing. They're young, young people. We, we had a small choir in the fellowship called To the Rescue. Huh? Calvary Rescue Team. I've forgotten the Calvary Rescue Team. I remember Rescue Team. But Calvary Rescue Team, I'm told. Hallelujah. And so we were supposed to come. And I had to lead those people to come. And I remember clearly, when I brought those people, me, I wasn't singing. They were singing. I sat at the back or the auditorium, that small church there. As I was sitting there and things were going on, spreading, God spoke to my heart, plain and straight. Dennis, this is the church I want you to be in. I said, eh? I belong to Assemblies of God in Kumasi. From Anglican, I went to Assemblies of God when I got born again. And I have come to continue Assemblies of God. I wasn't, I was like, you know, I was a young man, so I was like, who is talking? I want to show you. I'm sure that a lot of you may have find out, uh, have asked yourself, hey, we used to be, how did Reverend Dennis end up here? So I went, I sat down there, and the Lord said, I want you to be in this. It was a small, beautiful church. Ah. Then I went home. And I said something to the Lord Kendall. I said, Lord, if it is you who said I should join this church, I am going to go to assemblies on Sunday. My pastor is Reverend Azore. When I go, I am going to tell him that now I have found a small church and I believe God will have me to help. So, please, Lord, if it is you, let this man say that, Dennis, I release you with my blessing. So I went. In those days, the pastors would close the church, chairman, and then they would come out and they would be standing at the back of the 
auditorium and will be shaking hands. So I went and joined the queue where I knew nobody would disrupt me. And my heart was going like this. Because I was carrying a news. So when I stretched my hand, the old man stretched his hand. And he said, Dennis, my boy, how are you? Meanwhile, Assemblies of God has started good news at Wireless. And I have been asked to help. And I said, I have a small something to discuss with you. He said, no problem, Dennis. Come, come, come. His office was right there. So we entered there and we sat down. He said, yes, what can I do? I said, oh, Papa, I, 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 uh, there's a small church I have found and I, I, I want to be there. It's in my area. And I want, if you will release me, I will go and help. He said, no problem. You have my blessings. God! How I run? It's like the day I received the Holy Ghost. Eh? At the meeting, when I received the Holy Ghost, I said, no, no, no. So, on the way to Botrotro, I would just say, is he there? Okay, he's there. Until I got home, and I sat down. And I tongue and tongue and tongue and talk. So when I came back, I started fellowshipping with So Clinic. I decided to sit at the back where God spoke to me. You can ask Brother Fori if he remembers. Then I was sitting there one day that Brother Fori came and said, Brother, I was a young man, but I was called Brother. Osofu says, I should tell you that when you come, don't sit at the back. Come forward. I said, oh, I beg you. I was enjoying the man at the back. But somehow, they convinced me and I started moving forward small, small. In no time, the old man invited me to sit with me. And that was the beginning of friendship imparted upon me. So when I was working at the airport, days I was off on Thursdays. In fact, me, I don't remember anything. It was my wife who told me. that You remember that on Thursdays, the old man would say, if you are off, come. Let's go to the post office. And I will be driving his car. He'll be chatting, so what about you? He was digging about me and he will share his life and he will also instruct me to such an extent that when I progress more and I got some money and I, want, I bought some land at Ashoman. Aushi? Is Aushi here? The land there, you know that place? Yes, you, you know it. I, I went and bought that land and I was preparing to go and build. Small, small. No Ghana, small, small. Then, I told him, I said, Pops, that's how I used to call Pops, I want to go and back. He said, stop that nonsense. You can't build. Look at my head. See how great it has become. These people who construct here, they will kill you. They will chop your money. There's a new one that has come. Call home finance. Go and get some loan. And you know, in those days, Ghana, when you hear loan, nobody wanted a loan because they said that you can never finish paying. But the old man told me, stop that nonsense. Go and get some loan. Be paying you, finish. When I got up from his presence, I said, no, loan is not same. But the thing about, by the grace of God, was that whatever that man said to me, I respected his word that I will never violate it. As much as it was so strong against my own will, I obeyed. And today, I thank God I obeyed. Hallelujah. I must tell you the story once in a while. How God brought me into fellowship in here. But this man discipled me. He traveled with me. He spoke with me. He rebuked me. He corrected me. I didn't know. Colonel, this um, Easter thing that we did here, the fasting, and the, it started a long time ago. 
Afternoon prayer started a long time ago. I was at the airport on a Thursday. And then I said, why don't I just go and join them quickly? I came. The old man was kneeling down in the, in the chapel praying. Brother, do you were there? Inasedu was there. Grace Adamaku was there. Few that I can remember. A man praying, preparing. All of a sudden, I don't know. He is not a man who lay hands on people. So, so I don't. Then all of a sudden, he said to me, in the course of the prayer, D, come here. That's how he come here. Kneel down. Then the old man laid his hands on me. And then he said, lay your hands on these people. Ah, what is that? But okay, my, my disciple, my father, I did. On Friday he died. A lot of things of I interviewed the man. I still have that magazine. And he asked a lot of crucial questions. I still have that one old of Maybe I will bring it so we will print it. Solid questions. And I realized that you need somebody to disciple you. I can go on and on and on. But I want to say to you, my dear brother, if you don't have any person spiritually over you, look for some. Even if you are old, I'm begging you, it won't spoil anything. It will be a help to fulfilling the will of God over your life. Hallelujah. There's so much I can talk about. So in the days of Jesus, he said, stop, come and follow me and I will make you. You don't have to go when you are not made. Because when you are not made, there will be a reference point. Who appointed you? You need to be made. And so how to make a disciple? You don't only preach. After you have preached and the person has given his life to the Lord, this is what we are missing. Sometimes it can take you five years before that person will stand. He will start dodging you, but never give up. But we have gotten to the point we are all giving up. May the Lord cause that revival to come back to us. They offend us and we chop them off. This guy is not serious. And I discovered that if I have been chopped off, I wouldn't be standing here. So I say to you, brother, there is so much I have that I can share with you concerning this matter. In Mark chapter 3, Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to 15, and I will close because I have too much. But you let me finish with this one. And he went up on the mountain, again on the mountain, and called to him those he himself wanted. Hallelujah! Let me tell you, one of the things I have found God do is that sometimes He will put somebody in your heart that befriend this person. Take this girl as your daughter. Take this boy as your son. Your son in the faith, eh? Take him as your son. He might be an old man, it doesn't matter. You see, the Bible says that he went to the mountain and he called those people he, who, who he himself wanted. So sometimes God will direct your heart to somebody and please, when he does that, I'm not talking about this kind of concern type of relationship. No. I'm talking about you have something to help this person. You want to help that person. You want to inject the word of God. You want to fellowship with the word of the person. You want to teach him. Not those type of things that I want him to be my boy so he will do this and do that. I don't, that's not it. Of course, it is, there's nothing wrong with doing something for your disciple. Amen. It's part of the training. It's good. Can I wash your car for you? I was washing the old man's car for him every time. And I said, I will fix it, pap. He said, no problem. Those who are old in the church know what I'm talking about. I'm not lying. There was a day he stood up in the pulpit. He said, you people, you... No, the man, he was, you people, he was a very well... Me cry, I think I'm diplomatic small. But I loved him. Hey, you people, you know, you, you, you know that this country, I have no friend. Then he said, I have one friend, that's D. 
And I was a small boy. And I thank God for that man. Where he is in heaven, I want to go there. Let me bring it to a close. Summary, please. From today, decide to look for somebody and make that person your spiritual son. Make those people your spiritual daughters. Have time for them. Share with them. Teach them. Guide them. Don't let it be superficial. Go into their lives. Direct them. When we do that, I'm talking about the mature amongst us. You would observe that later on, they will turn out to be good. That's why I love mama with her children there. All the girls, they have time. Everything. Sometimes before they come and even tell me that, oh, pastor, this and that, their mother has all the information. This is what we all ought to be doing. I pray that God will give us another time so that we can touch on this matter. This is what the church is lacking. But may it be brought back to the church in Jesus' name. I salute and thank you.